The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to do our very best to preview the Full Gear 2021 pay-per-view. Mike, before we get into talking about the pay-per-view and breaking down the card... Uh, there were a couple of things on this week's episode of Dynamite that don't really factor into the pay-per-view that I thought it would be fun to talk about. So uh, why don't you take it away? Yeah, uh, match of the night. Uh, Dante Martin, Leo Rush versus Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. And Joel, you texted me something very, very awesome about this match last night. I'm going to say it on the pod and steal it from you, but... Joel texted me and said, Matt Seidel is the least exciting person in this match, <laughs> which, which, which is, is not to say that he's not exciting. <laughs> like Matt Seidel is tremendously exciting, but like everything that Leo Rush and Lee Moriarty and Dante Martin were doing was just mind boggling. And, you know, you have, of course, the incredible high flying that we're accustomed to seeing from Dante Martin, but he keeps pulling out new things. Or just giving another level of oomph to something that we've seen before. Like when he did his little, I'm going to jump and do a flippy dodge off the ropes thing. He landed in the middle of the ring. Like (laughs) he hasn't done it that far before. So that was really cool. And then the technical spots from Lee Moriarty are just sublime. He is so good. The first like three, four minutes of this match where it was those two just showing off this just the constant counters and and technical moves it it was incredible we haven't seen dante martin do stuff like that for that you know long of a stretch so and then just also i forgot how fast leo rushes like like they literally had a spot where it looked like it was like a dragon ball z fight scene where he was like dodging the punches and then like the the little fake low kick to the high kick uh, it was just awesome these guys he moves different show yeah. You know, like he he doesn't look like anybody else in the ring uh, that we've seen, like the way that he moves around, the way that he transitions from spot to spot. He has his own flavor for all of his dodges and counters that make it feel different from when you see, you know, someone like a Darby Allen, who's similarly small and agile and, you know, avoids things rather than absorbing the contact. I think Leo is, is actually better at it. And um I like his style, his methodology more. Um, but it kind of reminds really, me really, really like, good. Kind of reminds me of something like Jackie Chan fight scenes where it's just it looks improv. The whole thing looks improv, just the way he's like ducking out of punches and and avoiding contact. Like it was incredible. And then like he also does his suicide dive from under the like the second rope, which you have to get really freaking low <laughs> to to do that. And he does it with like like he doesn't do like the same kind of like just launch his body out like a, say a Darby Allen does. But the fact that he's able to get that low and still like hit it in stride and, and smooth it. It's awesome. I like I love the four guys, these four guys working together. And I love the tag teams that they have and the kind of the mentorships that they're building here. So really, what fun. do we think of what do we think of the super suit? I think I think it works. <laughs> I think it works. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, and what's at the back? It says like man of the hour or match of yeah. the man of the hour. Yeah. Which hour. I think is just a cool little title to throw in there. And um, yeah, it's, it's exciting to have someone like him in, in the company. And uh, this, this partnership with Dante Martin is, is really working and just shout out to him. Like he's added some more stuff, like just not just in like his ring work, but like I, I noticed his face a little bit more in here with kind of the facial. Um, yeah. He seems he was doing. Like, yeah, he doesn't like the the tactics that Leo Rush is encouraging him to employ, but he also wants to win. And so mm-hmm. he's got this kind of conflicted way that he's behaving within this storyline. And it's really working for me. Really good stuff by everybody involved. Um, so yeah. there, there I, we could keep talking about this. There is one other thing <laughs> from Dynamite I wanted to talk about, which is the constant teasing of and the okada and kota ibushi of it all and there's so much new japan adjacent stuff happening in aew right now and you know this may factor in 
at the pay-per-view. It may not. Um, but since there's not a match that specifically ties into it, I thought we could chat about it here. So, you know, yeah. prior to the show, we had Tony Khan talking about how this was going to be a special few days for AEW and like encourage your friends who might be interested to watch like, you know, and in the past when Tony has done stuff like that, it's essentially been like, Oh, CM Punk is showing up, you (laughs) know, other big things, big debuts. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I, I, I don't think we can ignore something like that at this point. And then you've got, Okada and the, the faction chaos being mentioned on the broadcast numerous times. Yeah. Numerous times. <laughs> and you've got Rocky Romero reconnecting with, um, uh, not, um, I wanted to say Trent, but Trent's not around Chuck Taylor and mm-hmm. the best friends and them officially joining chaos. And, you know, Rocky Romero had a hell of a match. Uh, with Brian Danielson, absolutely loved it. Um, and it just all seems like there's going to be some Forbidden Door action this weekend, whether it's at Rampage or it's at the pay-per-view or possibly even holding off until next week. You know, I think AEW yeah. is really good about letting storylines come to a close and then mm-hmm. picking up with the next thing on the next episode of television. So I don't know, but I- I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, and and NJPW has an event, I think, in, like, San Jose on Saturday night, so it probably won't happen on Saturday night, if if anything does, um, because they're working that show, but it could be similar to how Suzuki worked AEW for, like, a month, you know? You have, we know Okada's here because he's going to be facing the artist formerly known as Buddy Murphy, yeah, Buddy Murphy, now Buddy Matthews, um, on Saturday night, so you could very easily see a story where he comes over. He works for what? Five weeks, six weeks with AEW. Um, potentially face his long, long rival Kenny Omega at some point. I don't know, but yeah, it's exciting. Chaos is fine. Even though Joel, my, the dream combination is uh, orange Cassidy and Toriano. Did I say that right? So close. So close. Ah, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I agree. That would be a lot of fun. Um, I don't even need him as an like. I don't even him as an opponent. Make him a team or something. I don't care. Just let them <laughs> let them do something funny and like yeah. or a triple threat match with like uh, uh, Nakazawa and just see who can make me laugh the most. Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity there, uh, Mike. <laughs> I think we've burned enough clock. Let's get into talking about and making our predictions for this show. As always, I will be writing my predictions down. In advance, Mike will be making his live on the air, so there's no cheating. Um, And uh, this is not a pay-per-view that I win, so uh, I I don't have high hopes. We'll see. What's the only pay-per-view you win? Revolution. Revolution? The important one. The one that matters. Okay, I still win three out of four, okay? So, like, it's it's whatever. So, where where are we starting? And also, there's still Rampage to come. I don't know. We don't know if anything else will be added to the card, so... if something does get added between now and then, we apologize. We'll we'll make our pick on Twitter. But Joel, why don't you kick us off with our first first bout? All right, so we're going to start off with the pre-show, and we have a tag team match in the women's division. Nyla Rose teaming with Jamie Hayter to take on Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida. A few things first here. Does it surprise you that the TBS title is not going to be uh, decided on the show? I. I kind of just assumed it was. And then when like I was watching Rampage from last week, it's like, okay, here's the final first round match. I'm like, there's no way they're getting through the rest of this tournament in two shows. So it's probably going to be decided later on. But does that surprise you? Because I thought it would be this week. Um, I mean, I think it's a good thing because it means they're not rushing it. And it also, when I stop to think about it, it makes sense. We're talking about the television title, essentially. So why would you have the television title about, you know, first happen on a pay-per-view? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I think we'll see the initial match for this championship actually be on an episode of Rampage um, because, uh, well, I guess Rampage doesn't air on TBS. Uh, I was trying to I think mean, of like how can they make this actually happen on TBS for the title, but I mean, there's the first TBS, like the first 
Dynamite on TBS is January 5th. Mm-hmm. Like they could potentially drag. I don't know if they could drag this. No, they can't drag it out weeks, that long. So probably not. But um, yeah, I don't know. Well, the Cody Cody winning the TNT tournament was on a pay-per-view, but I guess that was pandemic era. So not much we could yeah, don't want to take much from there. So and then and then two, uh, the second thing I want to mention is just um, Jamie Hayter w- was awesome in that six woman tag. And like that spot where she took the crossbody off the top rope from, I think, Thunder Rosa, like she like flung her body like she was completely. Oh, it was. Did you? That was not for the faint of heart. (laughs) No, that looked like it looked like it fucking hurt. So she took uh, 100 percent of that (laughs) crossbody. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thunder Rosa was not at risk there. Um, In terms of my pick, Joel, I'm looking at this as I'm picking the faces to win their respective matches in the tournament. So I'm taking Nyla and Jamie Hayter here to get the W and then for Sheeta and Rosa to get their wins back in the second round of the tournament here, because I I think both of them are going to be in the semis. Okay, I actually have uh, the baby faces going over here, uh, just applying pre-show logic and uh, pre-show matches tend to go in favor of the bigger stars and the bigger stars in this instance are Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Sheeta. All respect to Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter, who are both very good, but they, <laughs> yes, they're, they're not featured as highly on the card as a Thunder Rosa or a Hikaru Shida. So, uh, hey, look at us disagreeing on the very first match. I think it's I think we took seven matches last time to disagree. <laughs> well, and I think we actually both have like legitimate reasons. I, I don't think this is a chalky uh, pre-show match. I think there's actually an air of like this could go either way to this one. So mm-hmm. that is interesting. Um but Actually, yeah, I, I find this, this be... card. I find this card in general very hard to pick. By the way, like I've been thinking about it for three days, and I I don't know who I'm picking in any of these matches at the moment. We'll just wait until I'm on the clock. But I find this found this one a lot harder than mm-hmm. the last couple couple shows. I completely agree with that. So let's get on to the main card, and we're gonna keep it with tag team action. We've got Pack and Cody taking on Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. So to pull the curtain back a little bit, the, apparently this match was originally going to be a fatal four way, which I wish it was. That would have been freaking wild. Um, I guess I guess the story changed a little bit here. Um, but this has been interesting because these stories were not related at all and kind of have converged here over the last few weeks to this weird partnership with Malachi Black and Andrade. And Malachi Black has talked about how the House of Black could add members at some point. So. Uh, I expect some big things here. So I, I'm taking the heels here. I'm taking Malachi Black and Andrade get, for them for Malachi to get his win back and to further whatever house of whatever the house of black will be going forward. And I don't think Cody and Pac need a win. I also have uh, Andrade and Malachi Black going over here. And uh, my reason is simple. Ever since beating Orange Cassidy at Revolution 2020, uh, Pack's record on pay-per-views, not so good. <laughs> sure, sure it's, he hasn't won, right? I believe that is correct. <laughs> Bummer, yeah. I do so. think this is going to be a really fun match, though. Mm-hmm. High work rate. We've got uh, four guys who work totally different styles, but are all really, really capable. Um, when you have four people in a match and Cody is like the lowest work rate guy, that's a really good situation to be in. And Cody's mm-hmm. great. Like, don't get me wrong. Big fan. Uh, but, you know, those Andrade is amazing. Uh, Malachi Black is one of the hardest hitters in the company. And then Pac is just this ball of energy that's seemingly unstoppable. All four of these guys sell really well. So I think we're going to see some really, really hard hitting action here. And I am genuinely curious as to where this story is going. So yeah. uh, I think there's a lot to like here. <clears throat> yeah, same. I think we can move on. Next up, we have Christian and Jurassic Express taking on the Super Click. I like the false count anywhere gimmick here. It kind of goes with that big brawl they had a few weeks ago. And we we've already had the six man tag. So I'm glad they're doing something a little different. So they're not just rehashing this Um, from dynamite this week. It kind of was fun to see Adam Cole and Bobby fish uh, interacting and, and making some hints of the undisputed era and NXT and Kyle O'Reilly. You 
can't be that far behind. So we'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> the undisputed super elite. I think we could go, you know, it's a little long, but hey, it will work. Um, yeah, this one's tough because Jungle Boy has just been featured a lot lately. He had another great match last night. Um, he's obviously one of those four pillars. And we always talk, you know, he doesn't really get the big win. He's had what? He won that battle royal earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy yep. shit, that's the defining moment for Jungle Boy. And, you know, I think I'm going with the super click here. Uh, I think Jungle Boy is going to get a big win, single wins over some of these guys here in the coming weeks because I honestly don't think this is over either. This could continue to evolve. Um, so, yeah, I- I'm taking I'm taking our bad boys uh, with the fancy shoes. All right. Well, we are officially back on our bullshit because I also have the super click <laughs> winning. And... I can tell by your I can tell by your face when, when I when I make the same pick as you, you look disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry daddy uh, well so <laughs> ew i don't like that at all um so no uh what it, what it comes down to for me here is that uh jungle boy getting on the mic and trying to act tough undermines my confidence in jungle boy so <laughs> i just think of that line max caster threw at him in his rap last night basically Jungle Boy doesn't know how to do a promo. Did you see his face too? Jungle yeah. Boy's face when he said it? That yep. was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's a face that says, yikes. Uh huh. So, yeah, but I think this is going to be a really fun match. I would be interested to see if there's going to be kind of a falling out between Christian and Jungle Boy here because this mentorship in air quotes has been going on for a while mm-hmm. and I haven't really seen it go anywhere. And I think it, it could actually benefit both of them more for christian especially now that the pop has worn off a little bit mm-hmm. for him to kind of turn heel here and give jungle boy a boogeyman who is not the cool heel version from the elite uh, but someone that, that everybody would legitimately boo very easily um not that people yeah. don't like christian but oh, he's, he's got such that, a such a good heel he is such a good heel and he's got that veteran <laughs> thing that you know I think makes it easier for you to just be a heel and not be trying to get over as a heel, but trying to get the baby face over. I think Christian would be really, really good at that uh, within AEW. And I think that would be great for jungle boy to kind of continue to elevate him because of the, you know, pillars that MJF has brought up. I think jungle boy is kind of not from an ability perspective, but I think he's kind of on the lower end of that just based off of the moments that he's gotten to have compared with MJF, Darby Allen and uh, Sammy Guevara. Now see that that's a, I, I want jungle boy to turn heel, man. I need Hollywood jungle boy. She, cut the hair, like go corporate. Like you're a son of a movie star, become a movie star. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. You can't be a heel if you can't talk. That is true. That you is can true. get by as a face without being great on the mic. You cannot get by as a heel without being great on the mic. Can we make a uh, Leo Rush Jungle Boys manager too? <laughs> Leo Rush cannot manage everybody. <laughs> why? Why not, Joel? Why not? He can do All it. Right. I have faith in him. You're moving on. <laughs> moving on. Yes, I am. Uh, next up, we don't like have CM Punk and Eddie Kingston in. What might be the feud of the night? In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and call it. This is the feud of the night. Sorry. (laughs) Move over everybody else. This shit got real in a hurry. Yeah, this was only this feud only started a week and a half ago. Like or what? Yeah, two weeks ago from Friday. So this feud is very, very new. But holy shit, I went back and I watched Rampage yesterday, Joel. Uh, couldn't miss it. And that promo from both of these guys were <laughs> just incredible. And also too, this is a CM Punk. I want to see like, not necessarily a good guy, not necessarily a bad guy, just kind of an asshole. <laughs> like, and him just ripping into Eddie in this whole promo, basically your unfulfilled potential, like you're a disappointment and kind of Eddie being like, Hey man, I'm lucky to be here and I'm going to beat your ass anyways. Like, I thought this was incredible and the, the pull away brawl on, you know, last night was a little weak, you know, especially trying to see Eddie run like 
30 meters and still not being anywhere close to <laughs> CM Punk. I'm like, he's going to run out of gas, but um, th- this should be super fun. I, I, this should be an incredible match and um, maybe the start of a heel turn, which is why I have CM Punk winning this. Um, I don't have this story ending since it is so early. It could very easily lead into a match with Moxley down the line when he, when he's ready to come back. Um, and yeah, if you, and side note, if you didn't read the listeners, I know you read it, that, uh, what's it? The player's tribune article Mm -hmm. that Eddie Kingston wrote. Holy shit. Go read it. And when you're done, you'll be cheering for Eddie Kingston to win with me. I think Punk's going to win, but I'm cheering for Eddie. Yeah. When the uh, Eddie Kingston memoir comes out, like that's one of the few, like I don't read autobiographies. I just I know you, don't. I, I do. Is, I know you don't. That's it cool. is not my flavor, but I would absolutely read Eddie Kingston <laughs> because not only is the story compelling, I think he's compelling as a writer. Uh, yeah. it, it It's a really, really good read and it's not terribly long. So uh, definitely, definitely check that you, out. You could I also... hear his voice in that too. You could hear his mm-hmm. voice in that article. You, it, it just felt so conversational and so fucking real. Just yeah, for kudos. sure. Wonderful. I also have CM Punk winning here. Now that we we sing Eddie's praises and then talk about how he's going to lose, uh, it's still too soon for yeah. CM Punk to be losing matches. And I think as we're kind of moving towards a more hard edged uh, CM Punk character who's not happy to be here anymore um, and is looking to hurt people. Uh, I I think this is kind of the beginning of that moment for him, which is a much more interesting character. And now that we're kind of past reveling in the glory of, Oh my God, CM Punk is back. Mm -hmm. Now we want to see Punk do things. We want that meat and potatoes. And I I think that's what we're going to get in this match. Emphasis on the potatoes. (laughs) <laughs> it's time for him to really be a professional wrestler. You know, like it's not just the in ring work, like the Darby Allen stuff was fun, but like you never, the story wasn't super deep, super, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of layers to it. It's like, Hey, Darby's good. I want to fight him. He reminds me of me. That's it. So to see something that's a little more blood feudy <laughs> and this is now a blood feud, like they could have made this like a no DQ match or something lights out match. And it would have completely fit the story um yeah it, it's time and also heel cm punk like christian might be better than the face version of those guys just saying absolutely absolutely all right so next up we have darby allen versus <sighs> mjf i have no clue i have no clue joel i have no who'd you pick <laughs> i mean i have it written down but i'm not going to be revealing that because that kind of you know gives up the whole artifice here uh, I, I think this is a really interesting and compelling match. Uh, MJF for me is like the 1A to Sammy Guevara's 1B if we're talking about these four pillars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would have Darby kind of behind that and Jungle Boy kind of behind that with both of them kind of having the, the, the ability to to vie for that top spot, obviously. All four of these guys are great. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I am curious to see because this match and especially the storyline around this match is kind of AEW throwing a stake in the ground and saying, okay, this guy's the future. I mean, obviously both of these guys are the future, but this guy, this guy's really the future. And so I'm curious to see who that person is going to be coming out of this. Cause I think it kind of tips the hand a little bit of how the, higher ups and people in creative are thinking about these talents moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. The way I look at it is Darby, I think has had more, how do I say this more like moments in AEW? Like he's had the, well, uh, I guess maybe so recently, maybe it's because I hate the pinnacle. Like I'm not really a fan of the pinnacle and that inner circle feud went so long. Like, but like Darby had the cinematic match with Sting. Hey, he's been paired with Sting. He had CM Punk's first match. Like we've kind of been waiting for the year of MJF. And I thought 2021 was going to be MJF, MJF's year, which has been great. You know, we had that feud with Jericho that, well, had its downs ended and had some fun stuff in it too. Um, so I, I kind of look at this as a, a stepping point. So I'm going with MJF. Because when you talk about these pillars and you have, I have MJF as the 1A too. 
um, just because he's a complete package. Like if you look at the other guys in the, the, the pillars, they all have some flaws like Darby and, um, and jungle boy. They just aren't as good on the mic and it's, it will be hard for them to break, you know, go even reach their ceiling, I guess, without being able to do that. And while I think Sammy's good on the mic, he's no MJF. Um, and when you look at the ring, like they're all a plus workers. So I think MJF's the guy and I am predicting a championship, uh, change later in Joel that we're going to need some heel challengers for our new champion. So MJF, give me, give me Friedman. Yeah. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying about Darby and having the moments with Sting and the moments with CM Punk, but you have to remember with MJF, like his feud with Cody, like was one of the big foundational stones that was set with AEW. What they did early on was huge. And then you turn around after that and you have him trying to weasel his way into the inner circle, which was a really entertaining storyline and yielded us stellar moments like Le Dinner Debonair. Like that was fantastic. (laughs) And then you have the inevitable, you know, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal as MJF turns on Jericho in the inner circle. And then we get the five labors of Jericho, which is this tremendous, excellent feud that ended really, really well. Um, so, I mean, I think MJF has had less success from like a wrestling wins and losses, titles one kind of perspective, but I think he's actually had more memorable moments because at the end of the day, Darby's moments have all been around matches and we don't remember matches the same way we're, we remember segments and things that happen. Uh, so like I couldn't tell you spots from the match that Darby Allen had with CM Punk. And that wasn't that long ago, but I can absolutely walk through the story beats that took place between Cody and MJF and how much we all hated him because at the time (laughs) Cody was the hero of the people. So, uh, yeah, all that to say, I also have MJF winning this. I knew it. I knew it, you bastard. I knew it. Um, this is all going to just lead to that inevitable match where <laughs> MJF gets his title match. Wardlow's going to cost him it. And then, Joel, you're going to have what you've always wanted. Wardlow, face turn, kicking MJF's ass all over the arena. Yep. It's gonna be I want hilarious. it. I'm, I am <laughs> I so <know>. down for <laughs> it. And we can see Wardlow getting more and more frustrated. Him beating the ever-loving oh, shit God. out of his opponent <laughs> on Wednesday night and just delivering powerbomb after powerbomb after powerbomb. Yeah, poor like, Yuta. Poor Yuta. <laughs> yeah, he got absolutely vicious. demolished. And there is no MJF out there directing him to do that. No, this is an angry and frustrated Wardlow who's going to take it out on anybody who's nearby until he can get his hands on the person whose ass he actually wants to kick, which is MJF. So... They've been really good about like doing the some of the tradition stuff every year. Like we had the eliminated eliminated tournament tournament in the fall. We're gonna get that diamond uh diamond ring battle royal here soon. I want Wardlow to win that so fucking bad. Oh, that'd be <laughs> like, great. Like same thing as last year. It's MJF, Wardlow, and someone else, and they hey, eliminate him, and then Wardlow fucking tosses MJF. It's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be incredible. Joel, what's our next match? We got a little distracted. (laughs) Next up, we have our first championship match of the card. We have the Lucha Bros defending their titles against FTR, or are they defending against the Super Ranas? We won't know until the night of. (laughs) One thing from Dynamite, did you notice Alex running down the ramp with both championships and like struggling to do it? Last night when they came I mean, in for the save, those things are heavy, man. I I know, but he literally looked like he was about like he was like fumbling a football, like he couldn't, he just couldn't hold it. It was well, incredible. I mean, it's not Titus O'Neil falling and sliding under the ring at the Ugh. Royal Rumble. That's <laughs> but, the best thing ever. You know, just running down a ramp is difficult. Running down a ramp while holding something in both hands, I mean, that's tough. That's a challenge, and yeah. he didn't beef it. That's the important thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, this, this story has been fun. I really liked the, uh, kind of FTR going Lucha here. I kind of wish it was like a winner take all match with the triple a belt, but 
Um, maybe they got some plans down the road with that with that belt, maybe doing something in Mexico with the Lucha Bros. But um, it, I think it's too early. You know, this is the Lucha Bros' first real uh, story in defense since they won the title. So I'm, I'm going to stick with them here. But for an opening feud, this has been really compelling. And FTR is, is great. And I, I really look forward to this match um, because these four guys are, are just super talented. So, but I am going with the champs to retain. So as of right now, like this could all be decided on the pre-show because I also have the Lucha Bros. <laughs> the most important night of match of the night, Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter versus Garcia and Rosa. Yeah. Fun. So, uh, yeah, but I, I think, again, it's too soon. If they were to lose the belts here, it would be an incredibly lackluster title reign. They've hardly done anything, and they've been feuding with FTR since mm-hmm. they won the titles. So I need to see more, um, and you know, hopefully we'll get there. <laughs> we have a couple of top tag teams who are tied up in a goofy feud that we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. but I would love to see the Men of the Year face off with, the Lucha Bros, I would love to see Santana and Ortiz face off with the Lucha Bros. There's just too many teams that yeah. they need to square off with as champions for mm-hmm. FTR to win this. Now, I will say, and this is more of a broader AEW thing, they tend to give their champions pretty long title reigns. Um, I do think at some point we are going to have a short one as kind of a kind of reset the market type of thing. Just because when someone wins a belt, we kind of assume they're going to hold it for a while. Um, I think to kind of get the anything can happen vibe, it would make sense for a champion to lose that belt relatively quickly compared to how long the average AEW championship reign has gone. So that's a good point. That's a good point. You can change your pick if you want. No, no, I'm not changing my pick. I'm just saying <laughs> it's it's not going to be them. It's not going to be them. It's going to be someone right. else. So we'll go right into the next thing, which is the goofy feud that neither of us are into. <laughs> Which uh, is whoa, the whoa, inner whoa, circle, <laughs> inner circle versus the men of the year and American top team. And are are you, are you into this now? Cause I'm I kinda, not, I kind of like Dan Lambert pulling a shield and putting Jericho badly through a table. Um, that was one of the worst spots I've ever seen, but it worked cause he's, he's not a wrestler. Like he, it's not supposed to look good. And I like him putting him in. I like him putting Jericho in the walls. And then on the mic saying it's actually called a Boston crab. Like I, I liked this. I liked the end of this, this build and we're both out on Jericho and what would be better than Jericho eating a pin to Dan Lambert? <laughs> like, I mean, look, if that's the, the end result, I will be very happy with it, but a five on five tag team match it's not an elimination match, I don't think, uh, you know, despite no, us being so. in Survivor Series season. Um, I just it's not a format that I really enjoy. And they haven't done enough to make me care about this feud. It's been mostly annoying uh, and wasting some really, really good talent because I love mm-hmm. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I love Santana and Ortiz. We've got Sammy Guevara tied up in this after his incredibly emotional win over Miro. And he hasn't gotten to do any TNT champion stuff other than facing off with Bobby Fish. And he beat, he beat Ethan page. Remember? Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So he had that Ethan page match as well, but still like, yeah, two defenses. And you know, it's been a minute since he won the title. Like I'm, I'm very ready for him to be having more, bomb yeah. singles matches instead of being tied up in a five on five feud that is not interesting hey joel can we just protest this and just not pick it <laughs> in protest sure yeah uh, fuck this match <laughs> we, we are choosing to be happy <laughs> this this is the popcorn break this is you know go get another snack you know if you have to take a poo go take a poo whatever All i do right. expect pa- i do expect page van Sant to do something cool in this as a you know, sure some sort so. of spot yeah, yeah that'd be cool. that's what i want to see so All let's right. move on okay something completely different a bomb ass <laughs> singles match like the kind sammy guevara should be having it's brian danielson versus miro oh man god's favorite champion versus god's favorite wrestler <laughs> i guess <laughs> um 
because God has given Danielson the opportunity to have every dream match he ever wanted. And what's interesting about this match, Joel, is I'm pretty sure Miro and Danielson crossed paths at some point in the other wrestling company, but we didn't get to see them as what they are now. So Danielson is turned in like just exploding chests every week. Everyone is bleeding when Daniel uh, Danielson wrestles and Miro was never like this in the other wrestling company. So I'm excited to see what these two versions of these guys can do well in an AW you know, ring with probably 15, 20 minutes to work too. Like if my memory serves Miro feuded with Dolph Ziggler for four and a half years. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's like, he was Sheamus, a little busy. <laughs> it's like how Seamus and Daniel Bryan like feuded for three years and we're almost on three straight WrestleMania cards against each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, this is, this is going to be really fun. Obviously, I think this was supposed to be Danielson versus John Moxley. Um, that's where everything kind of seemed it was going before Moxley um, went off TV. Um, and sometimes usually when you see someone like get pulled from tournament or if there's a replacement, like that replacement isn't going to win. But I actually think Miro has a really good chance to win this. And I think storyline wise, it can make a lot of sense for Miro to win this match um, because a Danielson has to lose at some point. Um, you're going to do it, use it to help someone. And two, like I mentioned earlier with why I think MJF is winning. Cause I have a championship changing hands later on Joel, that we're going to need some heel challengers. And I think kind of they've, they have that January super show that they've announced clash of champions or whatever it's called something champ belts or something. I don't know. January 5th, um, the first TNT super show. That'd be a great moment for a Hangman Page Miro AEW World Championship match. I think that would work great. So, Joel, I'm actually picking Miro here. Danielson's going to eat his first L. Okay. Well, I, I thought for sure you were going to pick Brian Danielson here. Uh, I'm but feeling I, spicy, Joel. I'm feeling spicy. I, I picked Brian Danielson anyway. Uh, I, I think it's still too soon for him to to take an L here. I do agree that he's got to lose eventually. Uh, but they're kind of playing up this whole like he's not going to be at 100 percent building him up as the underdog. And if I've learned one thing from watching the career of Brian Danielson, it's that you never bet against Brian Danielson when he's like <laughs> super underdog. Like it's just it's a recipe for failure. So I, I think Brian Danielson gets it done here. And I don't care who's coming out as champion tonight. Brian Danielson is the perfect opponent for them. Well, so the reason I, I did this, Joel, is obviously, spoiler alert, I'm picking not Kenny Omega. <laughs> I'm picking Hangman <laughs> Page. Um, because I think that you could have the Kenny Omega-Brian Daniel, Danielson rematch from Arthur Ashe without the belt. I don't think it needs a belt. The whole story with these guys are, I'm better than you. You're not as talented as me. I'm going to kick your ass. And you could very easily make that second match without the title at the same super show. And it it's still the show or do it on a dynamite or do it, do it at revolution, whatever you want to do. Um, I don't think Daniel, uh, God damn it. Danielson needs to be in the title picture um, to, to make that work with Kenny. And especially if we have some NJPW and some chaos guys coming over, one of the stipulations of Danielson signing with AEW is he wants to work with NJPW and work with NJDP, NJPW wrestlers. So with chaos being rumored with Kenny being the best bout machine with or without the title, um, I feel like you can still get your, you know, the real bang for your buck with Danielson, despite losing them. You know, if he loses this match. So that's kind of my logic behind it, but yeah, I wouldn't, I would not be surprised if Danielson wins this and it's hangman page Danielson at some point. So. All right. Well, next up, we have the women's championship match, Britt Baker against Ty Conti. Ty Conti, who has been red hot and heavily featured for several months. I mean, this has been a while in the making. And mm-hmm. I-, I was surprised looking into this that I find myself actually like conflicted over this. Typically, it's like, okay, I can go ahead and chalk this one up. Britt Baker is in a match. Britt Baker is going to win. But I'm not so sure. Mike, what are your thoughts here? It's Baker. (laughs) (laughs) It's Baker. I'm sorry. I I think this is one of the worst built women's championship feuds 
since AEW has come along, like in terms of the build into a pay-per-view, like, I, I don't know. I just don't consider Ty Conti like a legitimate contender to hold this belt right now. Like, I don't, I can't imagine her carrying the division. She doesn't, she doesn't have the work rate. I think of like Brit or Sheeta or even Thunder Rosa. Like I, I just can't, I, I don't think she's there yet. Um, and I think that this feud kind of came together because all the other women were tied up in the TBS t- tournament. Like who other than Britt Baker and Ty Conti, who's not, who wasn't in that tournament, like, who's big. So no, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it's Baker. And also there's been reports that they want to do Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa two at some point here. Um, I think that'd be an excellent feud leading into the new year. Um, but God, man, Brits had this championship since May. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been a while. So I, I'm kind of with you. Like, it feels like it's time. Like, it'd be I would be okay with Britt Baker losing the championship at this time. But it's not to not to Ty Conti. So I, I don't think the knock on Ty Conti is her work rate because I think she's as good as anyone else in the company. Uh, I'm very high on her ability in the ring, and I think she's got. Uh, a technical level oh. that <laughs> me saying she's not as good as Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa isn't an insult. <laughs> like it's like, I just don't think she's on that tier. Oh, fair enough. I, yeah. I think that the challenge for her is, you know, what's she like on the mic? Because again, you know, it's hard to hold a title without, you know, being able to cut a promo. Uh, and we haven't seen a lot of that from her. So mm-hmm. uh, I do have Britt Baker winning this, but I will not be shocked if Ty wins this match and then, you know, things kind of spin off from there. The other thing is Brit is at a point where she doesn't need the title anymore. So Ty Conti could be that transitional champion that you're kind of talking about that we haven't yeah. had one yet. And mm-hmm. I could see that happening to kind of put somebody else in a position to be elevated by holding the title, someone who needs it more than Brit, because at this point, she's gold and she's going to be on TV yeah. because she's a star. So it's not well, here's, necessary. Here's, here's the thing. When I say like, Oh yeah, Kenny doesn't need the belt to, to put on, like to be featured. It's because we know that they can feature people without the men's belt. We still don't really have storylines being maintained outside of the women's title discussion. You know, like, yeah, we had that Sheeta and Serena Deeb short thing with the tournament and the 50 wins, but like since the, you know, we, and, and we've talked about these smaller feuds, you know, like Jade Cargill and Red Velvet, um, you know, some of the stuff going on with the TBS, TBS title. They're not like these long running blood feuds. It's not Dunder Rosa and Britt Baker earlier this year without the belt, you know? So I would well, worry that she wouldn't be featured. Neither as much of them just had don't. the belt at the time. Yeah. But that's like our last non big women's story that didn't have a belt involved. Oh, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I think that Brit having the belt is directly correlated to the fact that we don't have like I, I think she's a big enough star that she demands the screen time. And so if she doesn't have the belt, they're still going to find a way to put her on TV because she is money. So this could be an opportunity to expand the time that the women are getting if you take the belt Hope off so. Of her. So <laughs> I mean, so. And yeah, I mean, obviously, we're on the same page there. We both want to see that happen. Um Anyway, we both picked Brit to win. So, yeah. you know, clearly we're on the same page there. I just don't think it's as, as far cry to say that Ty Conti could win as you do. Are, are we the same on the, the AW World Championship match, Joel? Are we both? <laughs> because I've been saying for months, there's only one person who can take the belt off of Kenny Omega, and that is Adam Hangman Page. Yeah, I and if think it's not if him, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I think if you didn't pick Hangman Page here it would be like the most craven thing you've ever done in the history of this podcast. Um, Not this is podcast my whole life. My, I'd, my whole I'd stop life. calling you Mike and start calling you Mitch McConnell. Um, oh, Oh, I just picked the most craven politician I could think of. I, there's um, plenty, there's plenty to choose from, but yeah, yeah I, plenty, I, I'm plenty. picking hangman Adam page because it makes sense. The story has been building for two years. We've seen, the transformation of Adam page since then, not just from, you know, the character work that he's done, but just he's grown as a wrestler. He's grown as a speaker. Like he's, he's a, like compare Adam page now to the Adam page that lost to Chris Jericho at all out 2019. 
and they're not even comparable. Like he is so in control of who he is with his character and his style that it makes sense. Now we we've had a Kenny's been champion since what revolution before revolution. Uh, he won it in December, I believe. Yeah. So he's been champion for a long time. There's a lot of great matches for Kenny without the belt. There's a lot of heels that have been built up. That would be awesome to have a story with hangman page. So it's time. And I, I expect this match to be amazing. I expect them to tear the house down, Joel. Yeah, it's going to be a late night because this is this show is running long. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, uh, t- Tony had his uh, pre full gear press conference earlier and he saw him out. It's a four hour show. So get ready for it. Yeah, if he's saying it's a four hour show, it's probably, probably like five hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I'm, you know, in general, not a fan of. But I think this is a card that actually kind of merits it. There's not a whole lot of filler. Um, and, you know, there's something for everyone. Like, I mm-hmm. recognize that there are people out there that are super into this inner circle um, men of the year and American top team feud. And that's a flavor that appeals to them where to me, it's a butter popcorn jelly bean. <laughs> I don't want it anywhere near me, but you know, maybe I'll be surprised, but there's a ton of different kind of stuff going on. Uh, the only thing we're missing is like an orange Cassidy, you know, comic relief match. Uh, but he hasn't been on a pay-per-view since uh double or nothing, by the way. Just saying, not on the main card, Orange well, Cassidy. Well, that's only two pay-per-views, so. It, but it's been like eight months. <laughs> what, six months. It's been a long time. But Joel, you never, you haven't technically made your pick here yet. Can oh, we, I mean, can we lock- shit. It's Adam Page. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Adam Page is in a match. I am contractually obligated to pick Adam Page. <laughs> yep. But I, I, I really like the contract signing. I liked Kenny, you know, shaking his hand and saying, hey, I, you know. I still care about you. And then fucking signing the contract with hangman pages, blood. <laughs> like, Yeah. That, that was yeah. a great, great segment. Also, I liked that all of the elite were and dark order were out of the arena. So it was, well, until, you know, Don decided to come out and, <laughs> but I, I really liked that. It was just the two of them to talk because we've had Matt and Nick throw barbs at them. We've had John silver. What is he? What is it? What was he calling Adam Cole last week? Budge. Budge. <laughs> so it was, it was, yeah. It was fun seeing the two of them together, just them talking and and Hank Man basically saying, Yeah, you you were afraid of what I could become. And now I'm here and I'm gonna kick your ass. It was great. I love this story. It's I think it should have happened a few months ago, but I think Adam Page's uh paternity leave probably changed the storylines a bit, but it's time. It's time, Joel. Agreed. Well, oh wait, I got one last prediction. Oh, Adam Page will be that transitional champion I'm talking about. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! You're not gonna, not gonna do my boy like that. No, sir. He's gonna lose it within two months, Joel. All right, I'm putting you in timeout. <laughs> you heard it here first. Any, any other thoughts about um, Full Gear or AW um, in general? Any surprises you expect? You know. Ring of Honor people showing up or I would absolutely flip my shit if Kota Ibushi came out to like stomp on Kenny uh, after the main event and like you son of a bitch you left yeah I hate you because what, what would you rather see honest, would you we see... all want to see that match <laughs> if you had to pick one to happen here in AEW on American TV or pay-per-view would you rather see Omega Ibushi or Omega Okada? Ibushi, 100%. Ibushi. No hesitation. Okay. I'm not a huge Okada mark. Like, I think he's really, really good. Uh, I understand why. But so much of what makes him great is the mystique that he has in Japan and how much the fans there love him. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Ibushi, like, he's the kind of amazing that is amazing everywhere. It doesn't matter what crowd you put him in front of. If you don't know who Kota Ibushi is, just sit and watch for five minutes and you'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. He's my favorite NJPW wrestler. So, uh, yeah. There's also rumors that Ishii could be involved with something. Just give me one Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson versus Ishii match. Like, I just want to see who explodes first. 
I, I also would like to see Ishii and Eddie Kingston, to be honest. Oh, God. Can we just have an AEW versus NJP, NJPW card? Like, it could be super fun. WCW Danielson versus Okada. Yeah, let's do let's do Danielson versus Okada. Like, that should be fun. The Elite versus the Bullet Club. Like, easy there. Um, Toriyanu versus Orange Cassidy. Um, yeah. Give, give me Throw the Throw Nakazawa and Peter Avalon in there, too. Oh, my know? God. <laughs> Dude, br- bring back the... Um, the, uh, the, uh, the oh, no, 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 no. Uh, it was on one of the early AEW... Uh, I can't remember the restaurant the elite would always go to. Uh, Cracker Bell. Bring back the oh. Cracker Barrel hardcore <laughs> match for these guys. <laughs> All right, we glory. have digressed into nonsense. I think it's uh, I think it's time to uh, mercifully bring this prediction show to an end. Yeah, and it's three fifty in the afternoon, and it's already about to have the sunset here. I fucking hate <laughs> this. Standard time is the worst. Oh my god! All right, guys. Uh, we'll bring, we'll get you guys with a, uh, reaction show, uh, probably by Monday at the latest. We have to figure that out, but Joel, you don't want to take this over. You did this last week. You did it great. I thought it was a disaster, but you know, <laughs> we got to get reps, man. It's all about the reps. I don't understand why you don't just pre-record it and insert it. Cause then you would have to do it once clean one time and it would be perfect. I just, just, I don't know. You could just tell it's pre-recorded, and like, I don't know. I like the spontaneity of it. You know, something different can happen every time. It's usually me saying "fuck." I screwed it up. <laughs> so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Other Wrestling Show, Twitter at OWS underscore Pod, Joel at the Other Joel, me at Michael underscore Aranda. Get the podcast everywhere you can: uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher. We're there. Go give us a subscribe. We appreciate it. You can email us at the Other Wrestling Show at gmail and uh joe anything else before uh i go back to work (laughs) look i mean if our predictions are correct there has never been a better time to join the dark order join the dark order remember everybody life's a work duck the clothesline and happy wrestling